Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 70th official episode. Today, we're talking about more NBA playoffs. Right now, we're in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Yes, sir. We got four teams left. But last time we talked, the Nuggets <laughs> were down 3-1 to the Clippers. And, nah, just just roll roll the clip. And and so, we, we, we just totally wrote them off. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what clip we're talking about, go back and watch the last episode. Go check our Instagram, Twitter, whatever. We've been talking about it. There's a clip where, where I basically say... They're not coming back. And you're like, yeah, they're not coming they're back. They're not coming back. And so we basically, we talked about the rest of the of the playoffs under the assumption that the Lakers and Clippers would be playing in the Western Conference Finals. And as you should know, that didn't happen. We're such buffoons. We are, <laughs> we are buffoons for that. Um, but I was so happy. I Anybody anybody who's listened to more than one episode of this podcast knows that I'm like delusional Jokic fan number one. Um. This man was just <laughs> spamming anyone in his contact list. <laughs> anybody anybody that was willing to listen. I was like, you know, he's the biggest, best big man in the NBA. The best passer ever. The, <laughs> he's going to win finals MVP. The Nuggets are the best team in basketball. So, I was thrilled. Uh, it, did ha- it did throw off my finals predictions, but I guess let's talk about it. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there were three games that happened since. Yeah. The, since honestly, that I feel like you you played you paid closer attention to them because you were at least I think so yeah. because you were tweeting that I I fell in love with Jokic tonight. Like well, I said that <laughs> as if I wasn't already. But. Oh yes, yes. But now you know what it's like to fall in love. <laughs> um, That's why that is what I said on Twitter. Yeah. So to me, this this comeback, it's like, I think it I think it does speak more to the Clippers than the Lakers, honestly. The, 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 the Nuggets, the, the, the yeah. Nuggets, honestly, because the Nuggets, okay, the, the one the Nuggets are playing well, but okay, let's let's start with the Nuggets. For the Nuggets, I think this series shows that they don't need to make a move, right? Like I feel like true. I feel I mean, like we would have said they were one piece away. Yeah, I hate that phrase right now. It's so overused. We're one piece away. James Harden. Everybody keeps saying it. It's like shut up, stop. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Well, I, I think. No, I would I would have been under the opinion that the Nuggets are one piece away. Yeah, okay. And they still might be one piece away. To win a championship, like I don't think you're crazy. I can yeah. accept that. Um, I just my, my my point with my problem with the one piece away is everybody thinks they're one piece away. It's like you're not all gonna get one piece. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So the Rockets, he's like, we're one piece away. Their their roster's not gonna be any better than it was last year, this year. Now it could be a little bit different for the Nuggets, but I think. If they're one piece away, that piece is going to end up being like internal improvement from Michael Porter Jr. Like I don't, you know, if you if you manage to retain Paul Millsap, that's good enough for this offseason. Um, and Jamal Murray's internal improvement. Jamal Murray's like twenty four or something. True. You know, it, for some reason, Jamal Murray is like exponentially better than he was in the regular season. The, I think this is going to be the determining factor going forward. It's like, oh, like yeah. do we need to get another All Star guy or? Is Jamal Murray just gonna is be? Jamal Murray is this next is, year? Is Jamal too. Murray like a twenty-three point per game guy now? Is he like a twenty, yeah. like like an efficient twenty-three? And most importantly, is like is he gonna keep having stretches where he just can't miss in the last five minutes of a game? Because that's how because, you win. Exactly. You know? That's that's basically been the case for every for every game after the Nuggets go down three-one. It's just like Jamal Murray can't miss. Jokic can't miss. They get uber hot from three, and it's like. Random random tangent. I was about to Google Jamal Murray age, and the first thing that comes up is Jamal Murray video. But anyways, <laughs> continue. You know, you know. Continue. Jamal Murray's twenty three, bro. Yeah, yeah. So he like in like three years, like why can't he be like 
a solid All Star. If he's do, if he's I'm doing saying. if he's doing this now, if the if the Nuggets just like keep their roster right in, in three years, they should in theory be better than they are now. Mm-hmm. Now, easier said than done, right? Because you're going to have to sign Jokic to a max, you're going to sign Jamal Murray to a max. Michael Porter Jr. can eventually be up for a contract too. Um, the Paul Millsap's the immediate difference, right? But but we don't even need to talk about the Nuggets' future right now because if we shouldn't be carrying them out. As of right now, they're still they're still in it. They won't come back. They now, won't come back. <laughs> I once again agree with you, but we've already fallen that yeah, trap once, so I'm not going to start talking about the the Jokic, Sorry, the the future of the Nuggets when they're still very much in it. They're only down one zero right now. Um, we need to. Come we'll out. get to it, but I'm going to pick the Lakers <laughs> to win anyway. We need but... to come out with an official PR statement, like <laughs> apologizing to the Nuggets. Our our apologies, Nikola Jokic. Um, but yeah. I, I would say, like, I, I guess what's, what's, what was sort of, like, most interesting to me was, like, for a team that is relatively inexperienced and relatively young, you would expect them, when down 3-1 and down by 15 in the fourth quarter, to just sort of give up. But in every single one of those games, the team with the bad body language was the L.A. Clippers. Absolutely. So they'd be up 15, the Nuggets would hit a couple threes in a row, and they'd be surging, you wouldn't even know they were down based on like the look on their face because they'd just be locked in, ready to yeah, go, man. here we come. It's almost like they had and nothing the Clippers, to lose. Exactly, yeah. and the Clippers, there's, there's no expectations. There's no fans to get the Clippers back into it, which I think played a role. The Clippers would just die, and they would never get their momentum back. They'd play a really solid first two and a half quarters, and then it was like th- things would start to go the Nuggets' way, and the Clippers could never... like get it get back on top they could never regain control and honestly basketball is a game of runs it always has been it always will be the bubble but exaggerated that the bubble exaggerates it and i remember saying this to you last episode that throughout the entire playoffs whether it's a bubble or whatever i've noticed that a th- like a 14 point lead is literally nothing yeah absolutely. a 14 point lead is nothing yeah it, it just like it's a matter of that can disappear in, in like six minutes mm-hmm. just like that whereas i don't know i feel like in past years like oh if you're up 14 you're almost always going to win that game you know and Agreed. i think that, i think that's a combination of uh faster pace in the nba and more threes so you can I mean, catch up quicker the lesson i've learned is you can't turn off the tv until like halfway through the fourth quarter because if you try, if you turn off your TV at halftime because the Clippers are up twenty, it doesn't work. Like, like yeah. they're just gonna come out. So I kept, I kept making the mistake of like it would be halftime. Whoever's up twenty, and I'd like kind of stop watching, have it out in the background, just looking at my phone, and I and I'd look up into the third quarter, and all of a sudden it's a two point game, and I'm like, how did that happen? But now here we go, and now we're in crunch time, and now it's exciting. Um, but go ahead. One other thing. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy yeah, yeah. for you as a Jokic fan. Thank you, thank you. The only other person in my life that I know who's like a quote-unquote Nuggets fan is my mom. And, That's so and, funny. <laughs> and, and you know my mom. Like, she doesn't appear to, like, be into basketball. But I've kind of converted her. And she so and, and so, like, we'll be out. And she'll be like, no, Connor, we have to get home right now because the Nuggets are on at 630. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, really? And, because, and the reasoning behind it is because she could not believe that there was an NBA team called the Nuggets. She just thought it was si- she thought it was so silly. She thought it's it was awesome. chicken nuggets and that they also play in baby blue jerseys. And she just like mm. felt bad for them and then she she just started she liking She felt bad them. for them. She, I, yes. think I think it's the best name in the NBA. Oh, okay. That's hot that's, take. That's a hot no, take. I I don't know. I'd have to think about that. It doesn't really matter. But shout but out to my mom awesome. for being ahead of the wave. True. They true. were da- they were down 3-1 and then my mom was like, "I'm pro nugget. I'm pro nugget." <laughs> I guess 
one, one other thing I want to talk about is like, on top of the Jamal Murray clutch time stuff, the Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic pick and roll, as long as it's intact, is so dangerous. It's so, it's so great. Bro. It's so much fun to watch. So beautiful. Essentially, here's, here's my analysis. Here's the play-by-play. Every time that the two are on the court together at the end of a game, the Clippers were forced to double Jamal Murray off the pick and roll because a, if you don't, he will, bad man. he will nail a three on your face, yep. or he'll get to the mid range. He'll, he'll you know like hit. He'll like stop on a dime and then nail the the mid range over your head too. So you co- you go over the screen, he hits the three. You go under the screen, he hits the mid range. Um, so you basically have to have two people watching him, someone hedging on the screen to prevent his jumper because for most of the playoffs to this point. That has been the Nuggets' most dangerous weapon in the clutch. So, the Clippers would swarm Jamal Murray every time Jokic would set the screen. But then, that would let Jokic duck under, basically get to the high post at the free throw line. Jamal Murray would just throw it right over him. He'd split them, throw a bounce pass. He'd get to Jokic basically at the free throw line because he had two defenders on him. And then from there, you have to send somebody else to pick up Jokic. If you send one person, there would be a mismatch because whoever had originally been guarding Jokic wouldn't be on Jokic anymore. And so Jokic would have the would have the advantage. He'd take you in the post and most of the time you could score with some stupid like floater or like tomahawk jumper or some shot that had no business going in, but it would. So if that one person was the only one who stayed on Jokic, then it was you were in trouble because Jokic has the post arsenal to probably put the ball in the basket in the in the clutch. If you double on Jokic, so if the guy who was originally on Jokic and doubled on Jamal Murray comes back onto Jokic, now you have two people on Jokic, and Jokic is arguably the best passing big man ever. We can continue to have that conversation. He's up there already at 25 years old. He's going to hit some cross-court dime and find somebody in the corner for the open three. Growing up playing playing basketball like at like a, at a, at a respectable level, the number one rule on defense is help the helper. Yeah. So you you have a you have a guy you have the big man helping on the guard, and then the the, the key is to get someone else to help the, the big man's guy. So help help the man of the helper. Mm-hmm. But with the Nuggets, I think if if you help the helper, then you best be having someone helping the helper the helper. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like helping, helping the helper's helper. Help. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Helping the helper's helper. <laughs> so because otherwise, if you don't have like your perfect four rotations. <laughs> yeah. Then, then it's an open three for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, right. Or or Gary Harris or yeah. Michael Porter Jr. They're deep, and they were hitting right? them. Which is that why the I, I would love I would love to see a Miami Heat Denver Nuggets finals. We're not going to get it, but I think I would love to see that series because it would be ultimate like passing and offense versus like a Miami Heat team that is just like so disciplined defensively. Mm, true. Um, because they like idea. they would have the rotations to counteract that. Well, part, part of the thing is, sort of switching over to the Clippers, a lot of people were calling the Clippers the perfect roster. I think in hindsight that looks a little bit silly because we saw the Clippers' flaws kind of get exposed. The biggest problem, of course, is probably that Paul George just didn't show. Yeah, he was, um, he was, he was bad. And Kawhi it, it, didn't have an excellent Game 7 either. He had a, he had a horrible Game 7. I don't know if i call it horrible. He, he had a horrible Game 7. He was not shooting well. He didn't score in the fourth quarter. Did he? Did he? Really, I thought he had like and yeah, Paul like George and Paul George and Paul. Okay, I don't know. He did. He had. He had zero. Paul field George goals, the shot Paul, where he hit the side of the back. Him board, and Paul yeah. George had zero field goals in the fourth quarter combined. That's that that's, was really that's insane. It was really so. 
So yeah, but but I would say that that was that was one game out of six that Kawhi like really didn't show up. Is probably game also, seven. Paul George, the Clippers traded more first round picks for Paul George than he made shots in game seven. They traded <laughs> they traded five first round picks for him and he made four shots. In that's game that's an awesome statistic. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> anyway, so 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 if we're pointing out roster roster problems with the with the Clippers, so the, the the first and foremost would be their two biggest stars didn't show up for Game Seven like we thought they would. I picked Clippers going into Game Seven because I was like Kawhi will just will them past them past this. It's just what he does. He's Kawhi Leonard, reigning Finals MVP. Didn't happen. Other thing, Montrez Harrell, no show. He was probably yeah. like he was the biggest drop off from expectations to reality that we got. Honestly, um, no, Lou Williams. Series, Lou maybe. Williams has a good case for that award True. too. Honestly, Paul George probably is. Paul George is the one getting the most attention because he's the best player. But Montrezl Harrell was so bad that he like wasn't getting minutes. He was getting like I think he averaged like fifteen minutes a game this series. He probably averaged closer to like twenty five thirty in the regular season, right? So his minutes were like cut in half. Um, for this series, just because he wasn't, he was kind of unplayable. Um, Lou Will also wasn't very good. There Not was there were some plays in Game Seven where he was kind of setting it up with his passing, but he couldn't, he could not score at the level that we're used to um, at his six man of the year caliber clip. Um, so all of that obviously didn't help. People just didn't show. Um, but the but the two the two flaws you would have pointed out sort of before the series, um, regardless of how the people played, was one, this team didn't have your like your usual floor general, right? Your best player, Kawhi Leonard, is not the type of guy who's going to tell others how to set up the offense. He's not going to be giving instructions, barking things out. And most great championship teams have that. I know uh, Pierre from Through the Wire was one who, who phrased it that way, is they don't have the floor general who's going who's gonna, to like be sort of yelling orders and he's going to get everybody else back on track last year for the raptors Kawhi was lucky enough to have kyle lowry at the yeah. point guard position to sort of take up that role and i don't really think paul george is that guy either exactly you know? I, I i don't think so either uh, i because I, I don't think that paul george is good enough to be the best player on a championship team well neither is kyle lowry but True. It, it, it's about it's about leadership True. yeah that's a good you point know? um so, so the floor general thing is is one way to think about it you could also think about it as a playmaker like they also just don't really have your go-to guy who can get the offense going again as in Kawhi Leonard can create a shot for himself he's not going to be the one to get others involved so when the offense starts to stall and get stuck you need somebody who can take over with their passing a little bit and start to get all the all the motion going again so part of what I was saying is when their body language would die is when when all of a sudden the Nuggets started putting up three-pointers and the Clippers couldn't Everybody would get stuck and look at each other and say, well, what do we do now? When the offense would start, you know, slowing down, well, it was like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to give it to Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, but both of them were having off games, right? So then it's like, what do you do? You need a guy like Kyle Lowry to start giving up, getting other guys involved, yeah. to start passing, creating the motion that the, that the Nuggets ended up having, and that, and that was what made their offense so unstoppable for stretches. There was a thing going around that said the Clippers weren't built as a good basketball team they were built to beat the lakers and, interesting and i was like no that's i i think that's personally stupid because i don't think they were I've, built i don't think they were built to beat the lakers they were built to guard lebron 
like okay. with Kawhi and Paul George. But but, I wouldn't say they're built yeah. to beat the Lakers if they don't like have a good center to guard like a that's, big to, to guard a big that team. That was the last know? thing I was gonna I was gonna point out is they didn't have great post defenders. We talked about how what a great defensive team this was because you know you got Patrick Beverly, you got uh, Kawhi Leonard, you got Paul George, or who are all all defensive team caliber guys. Um, Kawhi Leonard, obviously defensive player of the year caliber guy. Um, they don't have the guy to guard Jokic. Is sort of is sort of I would say the biggest problem is. I would say they also don't have the guard, the guy to guard Anthony Davis. True. You know? So, but but what but what I'm sort of I'm sort of getting to is part of the reason that I think like I don't think we were even, I think we just accepted that the Clippers were going to get to the Western Conference Finals. We never even stopped to think about who they might face on the way, which is part of the reason I think that them being built to face the Lakers kind of makes sense. Is like. It was already a given that they were going to get there. So we didn't even stop to think about like, well, who's going to guard Jokic? Because if you think about it, Jokic was sort of the perfect guy to take down the Clippers defense because you don't have any one person who can guard him. If you're going to say Avika Zubash is going to guard Jokic, I'm here to disagree with you. They don't have, they didn't have anybody who could guard Jokic one-on-one, right? Montrose Harrell is tiny, um, but also just isn't that good of a defender, right? So, if that's your one-on-one matchup, you're going to need to do better. Um, and even if then you try to swarm Jokic, right, there were stretches where I remember I, it was down the stretch of one of these games, game six, game seven, they put Paul George on Jokic for one possession. Immediately they feed it to Jokic. Jokic hits a turnaround jumper, bang, like right over Paul George's bang. head, you know, from free throw line distance. And they didn't even try it again. Like that was it. So that was the that was the sort of the weakness I think got exposed the most was their post defense because you could give it to Jokic every possession at the top at the free throw lines or top of the key and you couldn't you didn't have any one person who could guard him one-on-one when he was you know when he was hitting shots which was each of the last three games um and so then it was what do you do because you can't double him or he will beat you with his passing and if you leave him on one-on-one coverage most of the time he's good enough to score but honestly going forward I don't even know what you do with the Clippers team like I like people are like, oh, like what will trade they trade? Montrez will they is trade? the most obvious. No, answer. but no, you can't trade Montrez. He's a free agent. Montrez Harrell's a free agent this off season. Mm, and true. so, are you gonna do like a sign in trade? That's like, that's that's what I was. I, think, I guess that's what I was hearing. I, I don't know. People have been saying trade Montrez. Um, but, but yeah, they would have to re-sign Montrez, and they like kind of don't have the money. They're paying him like six million dollars. He could he could easily get like. 15 to 20 million on the on the open market yeah, someone's gonna I mean, overpay him i'm sure they could they could by going into you know the luxury tax or because they have bird rights or something they I, I, they can they're gonna be able to make it work to bring back montrez if they want to but based on the way he played <laughs> that might not be worth it right if you maybe but the thing is even if they do get money based on letting Montrez go, they're not going to have the money to go sign somebody else as good but um, honestly if i'm them like I, i'm not i'm not even trying to like, I feel like what like people are saying, what do they do to get better? In my opinion, I think they should have won this year. Like my 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 Lakers, my, my yeah. finals pick was the Lakers, but I, I admitted that like, hey, like the Clippers have the better roster, like they they have the better constructed roster, and so at that point, I don't know what else you do. I think you run it back and you hope you play better. I agree. You know, so I I, I I don't think you make any actual move. I think you run it back with the same roster. Maybe consider trading Lou Williams just for like a like a younger guy who's who's just as good but just a little bit of a better defender, and then 
I think you just roll with it from there. I, I don't think there's really any chance it happens, but people people on NBA Twitter are, are, are you know, sort of raging for trade Paul George, right? Like, I... No, they, they, not they should get, not trade Paul you're George. You're not going to get Paul George value back for Paul George right yeah. now. Um, Especially because he's playing, like, horribly right now. They are to your point, sort of out of other options. Other than maybe you, you fire Doc Rivers. People are saying that too. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'm of the opinion that Doc Rivers is like quite a good coach. Agreed. But I've, I've heard, I, I was talking with, with uh, my friend Jack yesterday and he made a really good case for why Doc Rivers is a bad coach. And he's like, look, like he's had so much talent on his teams over the years. Yeah. Like he, the 2008 Celtics yeah, where he won a championship. Like were stacked. Yeah. Uh, he made it to the finals the next year with the, with a stacked Celtics team. He had a bunch of talent on the Clippers all these years. Mm-hmm. So like the only, I would say the only instance of, of a Doc Rivers team overachieving is maybe getting the ring and it, like beating a beating a, a Lakers team, yeah. and then and then last year, those are the only two instances of like a Doc Rivers team doing more than they should. I, I guess I would say about Doc Rivers is like sort of his his best case is his like long is like he's continued to have pretty consistent that, success. That, that was, that was my say. argument. That was my yeah. argument. Yeah, but he, like but his consistent success has been with great talent. Um, so so how much do you attribute? it to Docker versus himself and how much to, you know, the players, but also Doc Rivers could have played a role in Kawhi and PG teaming up on the Clippers. Right. So yeah, maybe they like him. We don't really know how realistic that is. Um, but I don't think Doc Rivers should be untouchable. It's something that the Clippers are going to have to consider, but like I keep saying, whenever these teams fire their head coaches, you better be confident that you're going to get a better head coach when you fire the one you have um because there's always a risk that that firing your head coach creates inner turmoil there's there are side effects to to firing your head coach changing the locker room there have been reports recently coming out the clippers locker room wasn't that strong anyway which is part of the reason that i bring up the bad body language like there was i i forget where i heard this but i guess there was like some report that they had some sort of like click with their chemistry in the like Disney hotel and so and I heard someone say like well why did it take that long to figure it out in the first place like you're only just now figuring it out right whereas the Clippers seem like they've been sort of sorry the Lakers seem like they've been clicking all season for example I mean it's I guess the best way to phrase it is that it's a very disappointing year for the Clippers expectations were sky high and they didn't meet them yeah and contrast it with that with the Nuggets the Nuggets move on in, in game seven in shocking fashion. In shocking fashion, phenomenal. Historic I was sitting fashion. I was sitting there with mouth gape like, "Oh my god, this is this is actually yeah. happening." And meanwhile, the Clippers, we'll see what we'll, we'll see what they do. I'm just saying, if you go back, would you rather have Paul George or would you rather have Shea, Danilo Gallinari and five first-round picks to make your team better? I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Eastern <laughs> Conference and Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, so right now we have, out west, we have the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Lakers, the up Lakers 1-0. are up 1-0 right now. Yeah. I personally, I, th- I think we we had, we I guess we didn't do a prediction because we thought that the Clippers were going to win. So we yeah. didn't do a prediction for this one. But I, I thought that the, I, I had Lakers in six. I don't, I don't know about you. Over I, over the Heat, right? No, or sorry, over, over the Nuggets. Over I mean. the Nuggets. 
Sorry. I had Lakers, Lakers in six. I, I think that yeah. they match up pretty well. I think that they're the better team. But then again, the Clippers were probably better than the Nuggets just as an overall team. Agreed. I think that they have, like Anthony Davis can adequately defend Jokic. And I think that sure. while while the Nuggets do have the perimeter guys kind of to guard LeBron, like I think Gary Harris would do a good job. I think, I think uh, Jeremy Grant will do a good job. I don't think that their talent can outmatch the lakers because the lakers are like the clippers and that they're a better team but i think the lakers are just clicking on all cylinders yeah um they've 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 the, what's scary about the lakers is i'm of the opinion that anthony davis is, is still better than nicole Jokic, which i think is probably the mainstream opinion he played like that last last night and, i don't think that's hot take. and so the lakers right now have the two best players in the playoffs yeah so yeah, I, th- I think well, we'll get to this, but I think that's yeah. I think that's a guaranteed ring, bro. I think that's a guaranteed ring if you have the two be- if you have, the, agree, t- if you have yeah. the two best players in the playoffs. Um, so I don't really know if we have anything else to talk about the Nuggets and the Lakers. I, get, I, I would go I would over like really quickly my analysis from Game One. Talk to me, Dwight Howard, major X factor. Um, you would think that Anthony Davis would have been the one who was sort of clamping up Jokic. Jokic kind of went off in the first quarter, and the and the Nuggets were like up two or down two after the first. And I was like, wow, like if this is the way the rest of the series goes, this is going to like go seven and be like another real series for the Nuggets. Um, Dwight Howard comes in in the second quarter, shuts Jokic down. Monster on, on the defensive end and got to the free throw line what felt like 10 times. And he was like, you know, shot his usual 50% from the line, but like was creating major problems from the Nuggets. So Dwight Howard got like 15 total minutes in the playoffs so far, and then like last like last game got 16 minutes, right? Yeah. And, and they were super super important minutes because it halted the the Nuggets' momentum. So maybe even more than Anthony Davis defensively, Dwight Howard could be sort of the X factor for guarding Jokic because he he's still obviously a great shot blocker that hasn't changed. He's still super strong, super athletic, moves really well. He, he for whatever reason, is very, very good at guarding Jokic. And, and if by some miracle... The, defensive the, player of the year. Yeah, put some, put true. Put some respect on his name. True. Two-time former defense player of the year. Yeah. And if by some miracle the, the, the Nuggets get by the Lakers, which I don't think will happen because I think the Lakers have two guys... Fast forward this clip a week from now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I'm, I'm like... I don't mean to count them out again because I've already made that mistake once, but I think that the the difference is that the Lakers actually have two guys who can legit guard Jokic one-on-one and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. And the Clippers think, at zero. I think Anthony Davis wins the one-on-one mashup between uh, him and Jokic. He had like 30-some like in, the, in game one um, while not really guarding Jokic, but certainly won that like head-to-head mashup, I would say. Um so, yeah, so I think there are two guys you can legitimately guard Jokic one-on-one on the Lakers, and I think that there was zero on the Clippers. If by some miracle, as I started to say, the, the Nuggets get past the Lakers, the Heat have Bam Adebayo, who is Dwight Howard, but better on the defensive <laughs> end. Like, True. right, they're the same height, same, like, body type strength, shot-blocking ability. Um, Dwight is more experienced, obviously, but Bam Adebayo is in, has, in his athletic prime, and Dwight Howard's not. Um so uh, I don't mean to count the, the Nuggets out, but I do. Um, <laughs> the, the Lakers are going to win this series in six, I would say, like you said. Um, and yeah, and then 
so I guess we should jump over to Hebrews. Yeah. I'm not sure there's that much more to yeah. say. Thank you. Thank you to Denver for providing us with an excellent story. Um, for real. For real. Heat Celtics. Um, so it is 2-1 as of now. The yeah. Heat won the first two games. Celtics won last night. It was last night? I think it was last night. It was night. last night, yep. Um, the Celtics looked phenomenal last night. Their their defense was so impressive. Mm. There was a – it was in the third quarter, and they had like – it looked like an AAU game where one side ran a press and was more athletic than the other game. Yeah. Like than the other team, they d- they had three steals in a row. There was like it was Jalen Brown. It was Jalen Brown like twice and Jason Tatum once. They were creating. There was there was one stretch where I I tweeted out last night. I was like I don't understand why the Heat don't run a zone every second Bam and Jimmy are on the court together because it was like they didn't start doing that until like the second quarter and it was like the first two possessions they did it. The Celtics couldn't put a point up. Like they wasted the entire shot clock just to take a bad shot. Um, Follow so, us on Twitter at Space the Floor, by the way. For real, uh, that's you know that's how you'll get our like live commentary. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I think the Heat basically should just run more zone because it works. The Celtics are having real trouble it scoring does work. in the zones. The problem was, as you already mentioned, the Celtics had a couple stretches where they just kept creating transition looks. The problem is when the, when the Heat aren't hitting shots and when they're turning the ball over, both of which they were doing last night, they can't set up their zone. Yeah. So when you when you're letting the Celtics run up and down in transition, you don't get a chance to set up Bam Adebayo underneath the basket, and then you're in serious trouble. Good defense is the best offense. Exactly. No, that's that's why they. So say that. so the Celtics started the Celtics as you were mentioning started playing like really solid defense. The Heat and the, then therefore the Heat wouldn't even get a chance at their defense, which I think has been their best attribute. I agree. And so. You started getting some looks where it felt like down the stretch, basically Goran Dragic was just running in circles and chucking up a three after like you know wasting the whole shot clock. Um, but dude, why is Goran Dragic like super good, bro? He <laughs> like, is. He shout is. Out to him. Yeah, yeah. He's so That's, good. Don't, don't let me. He's been their leading scorer in the playoffs, which is fascinating. Um, he's averaging like you know like one and a half more points per game than Jimmy Butler, which is unexpected. They call but... him the Slovenian Mickey Mouse. If you know, you know. <laughs> That's an awesome picture. That <laughs> is. Well, we'll put that somewhere here. So on YouTube, for the rest of the series, what do I think is going to happen? Um, so so he the game four will be not tonight but tomorrow night. Today is Sunday. Um, who do you have in game four? In game four, I have the Boston Celtics. Okay. And then in games five and six, I have the Miami Heat. Interesting. Yep. Wow. I I had I had Celtics in uh, six or seven, I think. I'm a believer in this Miami Heat team. I am. I maybe it's because I I'm rooting for them, which I am, despite having on the Giannis shirt. But I, I think I I, don't know, I think I, I'm definitely rooting for this team. I hope I'm not. That's not clouding my judgment. I don't think it is. I think they have the defense for it, and I think as long as their offense holds up, it's all about if Miami can put up like I don't know, like 105, 110 points a game. Yeah. Something something was different last night, and it's really hard for me to tell whether that was just a night where everything went right for the Celtics, or if that's the new series we're gonna see from now yeah, it's on. It's so right? weird. It's so hard to pick a team after yeah. they got like dismantled a little bit. Yeah. last night. That, that's that's <laughs> that's so what that's I'm a, doing. So I don't know. I, I was pretty confident in the Heat. I guess as of right now, I would say Heat and seven because I think the Celtics sort of might have had a turning point last night, um, but I think the Heat are still gonna win it. Um, I think they'll hold on. Connor I don't know. thinking yeah <laughs> yeah the, one of the one other thing that was very different last night is the Celtics came out in the first quarter attacking the basket a lot more um whereas 
they've been relying a lot on their three-point shooting, and it's been working. Um, they've gotten to the, the Eastern Conference Finals, so it's not, um, you know, like a, a criticism. Marcus Smart, for some reason, has been unstoppable from three-point range. He's been their best three-point shooter. Yeah, why is he Steph Curry, bro? Who like, knows? Like, where did that come he from? Hit like, he hit, like, four, like, clutched free throws last night that were just, like, swish. Just, like, straight, like, it was like, what's going on? This that is not cannot the, miss. Yeah. There was, there, I saw a meme that was like, they, there was like somebody, you know, it was like a Scooby Doo meme, and he like they take off Marcus Smart's head, <laughs> and it's Larry Bird. And <laughs> it, it kind of feels like that. Um, but they, they, but anyway, they've been they've been relying a lot on their three point shooting, and last night they started basically just taking it right at the basket, um, and it actually worked pretty well until the Heat set up the zone, and then the Heat started missing shots. The Celtics started running in transition, and then it was like it kept being free dunks and layups. So I think there was a point where they had you know like. 80 points and 50 of them were points in the paint and that was yeah. like it was that was like that was a surprisingly good stat um for a team that's running against the zone yeah so so that was a really good change by brad stevens i think like they, they clearly came out with a mission last night of like we're just gonna attack the basket and put up a lot of points that way so if the heat can adjust to that um the rest of the series will be a breeze i feel like oh but, but it might not be that easy oh one more thing yeah. is did you see the report? I saw it on the way over here. Gordon Hayward. Gordon, uh, okay, so Gordon Hayward has missed the last like twelve playoff games. He um, played last night. Did he? He did. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I didn't even see him. Uh, but anyways, so he he came back recently, but he didn't start. But his his the birth of his child is due in like a week and a half. Yeah, and he said he's staying in the bubble. <laughs> legend what a menace to society bro imagine if, <laughs> imagine if he loses imagine if they lose you, you missed the birth yeah, like mike conley left the bubble I, I would leave the bubble like yeah dude I mean, that's a that's a really tough like moral yeah, decision that's right a, yeah honestly like i, I would maybe I would not leave. even moral it's but like personal I, but, but, but. I, yeah it's personal but i think part of it might be like I owe something to this team because i've been injured for the past few years and like mm. i really like this team everyone's relying on me so I think that's the rationale for staying, but bro, shout out to Gordon Hayward, man. That's a, that's like a that's a very serious choice. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a life that's a life decision. <laughs> yeah, for real. Interesting. Uh, I, and then I guess I guess moving on to the finals, both of us have Lakers Heat making the finals. Um, I have Lakers kind of dismantling the Heat. I'm gonna go with Lakers in six. Would I'm you get... say fewer than six? Dismantling Heater. implies like like four, like six five. at most, right? Yeah, I would say six at most. So like, I'm a believer in the Heat, so I'll say Lakers in six, but like a kind of a dominant, <laughs> a kind of a dominant six. Like the Lakers win will be by a lot, and then the the Heat will like wins. barely hold on. Yeah, we'll like we'll like scrape two. Okay. Um, and so just right before we end this episode, I, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the bubble because we have two of the three finals favorites. I would say everyone could agree that the that the finals champions uh, favorites were. Uh, in whatever order, uh, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers, and yes. two of those teams are coming out. The, yeah, coming into the bubble undoubtedly. Yeah, two of those teams are out. Yep. In the final four teams, so if you're looking on this, it's like, oh, one, did the bubble do that? And two, do do we discredit the teams who beat those who beat those favorites? It's a really good question. And and how do we hold that against the Lakers who? who didn't lose in this like crazy bubble scenario. Yeah. So to anybody who's, who's coming out and saying, you know, this, this championship gets an asterisk. 
stop, stop. There's, there just shouldn't be a thing. Like just, like we said, we were saying the same thing about the Raptors last year with like the, everybody got injured. Like at the end of the day, the champion's a champion. It's going to keep happening forever in NBA history. If you were really going to like go into the details of like, well, this player that got injured, this happened, this, like you could then put an asterisk next to every champion in NBA history. You just have to accept how it happens. No matter how it goes down, when the, when whoever wins, holds up the, you know, the trophy this year, the league's going to accept that as their champion. The players are going to accept that and nobody's going to be complaining about it. So, so should the fans. Yeah. That's what, that's what my, that's what my opinion is. So I think that the Lakers are going to walk away with this. And I don't think immediately everybody should think, oh, well, the Clippers are the better team. It's just the bubble. Everything was just weird. You know, like LeBron James like, doesn't actually deserve his fifth ring. Like fourth ring, I think. Yeah, fourth ring. Good yeah. point. Fourth, four MVPs. Yeah, the, yeah. the argument that's undoubtedly going to happen because people hate LeBron is LeBron's fourth ring was cheap. Yeah. Because, like, he was with Anthony Davis yep. and because it was in a bubble environment and he didn't even have to face the Clippers. I'm like, okay, he was able to adapt to the bubble environment and the yep. Clippers weren't. He he, exactly. he had the better – he was the you, better team. You can't penalize him for the fact that he didn't play the Clippers because you don't know what would have happened if the, he did, right? Like, there's also, a very real also, chance – Also, I, I, I understand Clippers. there's not, like, a direct transitive property in basketball. Like, and if, if A beats B and B beats C, then yeah. A is better than C. But, like – it's it's there's nothing that's so drastic about the Nuggets that is tailored to beat the Clippers, I was, but I was not about tailored to, say, to beat the Lakers. I was about to say is like I I think that the I think I don't like to anybody who's like oh I want to see like the the Lakers Clippers final like the Nuggets straight up outplayed the Clippers in their last series. So if you're thinking right now like well I just want to see Lakers Clippers, the Nuggets are playing better basketball than the Clippers would have. Yeah. Right, like that. At the end of the day, that's what it is. The Clippers just weren't playing well. So, do you really want to see that team in the Western Conference Finals? Personally, I don't. I think that the basketball that we're going to get in the Western Conference Finals is going to be better without the Clippers in it. The Clippers <laughs> were the better team on paper, but nobody was playing well on their team. Um, so, I'm very happy with the Western Conference Finals that we have. Even though I think that I was excited to see the Clippers and the, and the Lakers both at the peak, you know, insane level that I was expecting. Yeah face off but and, i think what we got is actually yeah and, and in, better than what and it in have. terms of lebron's legacy like is he gonna face is this year gonna be probably just team by team worse teams than what he's done in the past or than what like jordan did in the past yeah. like sure maybe but that also but it's not like he wasn't the best team it's not like he what he didn't it's not like he's not the yeah. champion of the nba because he clearly did have the best team it, it does it's not a matter of who we faced it's a matter of who won the ring and who didn't in terms of like who made it through every round. Like the team that wins March Madness isn't always the quote unquote, the best team, but it's a team that is so like solid and plays together. And at its core is the best team and who, who plays the best when it matters. That's, that's what the playoffs are about yeah. at, at its essence. That's what the playoffs are about. At the, at the end of the day, the NBA champions champion for this year is going to represent the circumstances of this year take with that and so take with that as you will you can't question the fact that whoever wins the bubble was the nba champion of the circumstances they were given this year right so the best team this year is going to be the team that won the championship this year so like it doesn't matter that this the the championship is gonna it's like you're comparing championships to championships but it's like in this specific year in the NBA, the circumstances in the, on this level playing field, because everybody was dealing with the exact same thing, the team that comes out with it is still the champion. They're still the best team. So, like, it does, stop trying to compare it to other years, because comparing to this year, 
they won. Like I don't I don't know what else to tell you, right? Like it it counts. So this is this is this is a champion. It, it will be his it will be LeBron's fourth ring probably. It will count towards his legacy the same as ever as any other ring. And that's the way it should be. The, the circumstances weren't ideal, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And with that note, I think we're going to end the episode. I can't wait for the rest of the NBA playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I think I have some ideas for the finals, maybe like a watch party or something. I don't know. I'd be up for that. I'd be up I'd for be that, up. that too. Um, <laughs> Let us know what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, leave a review, follow us. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Space Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space Floor. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to the second biggest Nuggets fan, your mom. <laughs>